You're listening to The Holdcast with Jack Grimsey and Robert Lintott. Hello, everyone. I'm Jack Grimsey for 7500toholt.com. This is The Holdcast. Robert is back with us today, and we have a lot to go over as it's a season preview episode, and actually episode 97. We're almost at that 100 mark for the special. So here's what we're going to be talking today. Transfers, transfers, transfers. Tony Shaw takes on Twitter. Got a couple of articles that were on the site this week to talk about. Then we're going to grade the squad, answer your Twitter questions, talk the first match of Aston Villa's championship tour, hopefully just a one-year championship tour against Sheffield Wednesday give you some players to watch. Got a couple surprises in there for you, but those are coming up in just a second. You're listening to the Holtcast. All right, who's ready to talk about transfers? It's been a revolving door at Aston Villa this summer, hasn't it been, Robert? It has been, uh, although not revolving nearly as quickly as I thought it would be this summer. Yeah, I mean, it took some time to get going, but the past couple weeks, it's been very, very busy. Yeah, it's true. The past two weeks have been kind of absolutely crazy. But, um, you know, when when we got the new ownership, there was the talk of we're going to splash 50 million or 30 million. And I just had visions of a whole new squad coming in. And what we've seen this week has been really interesting or the past two weeks really has been really interesting. Uh, I'm not sure if it quite lives up to what my expectations were for the summer. Yeah, and I'm not exactly sure. I mean, that's that's what it sounded like. Dr. Tony Shaw came in and said, I'm going to spend 20, 30, 40, 50 million on the squad. He said spend. He didn't say net, I mean, net outlay or spend 50 million more than we receive from player sales because that's kind of what I was thinking is that if we received 20 million, maybe we'd spend 30 and, you know, that'd be net 10. That'd be reasonable. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but you're right, there there was some business today, and it almost seems like a deal a day at this point. <laughs> yeah, it is true. They really have picked up, and it's good, just in time for the season to start and get all those players into that preseason training, right? Yeah, yeah, just right after all the friendlies have ended and you had a chance to build some, some squad continuity. Great job. Classic, classic, classic football move. This it's is, like, you know, you know is... they say being, being a manager, it's like you have to build the plane while you're flying it. <laughs> <laughs> I just, go, and I mean, I, I don't mean to sound overly negative because, you know, compared to most championship clubs, we're probably doing enough, but compared it's to just, Villa seasons, we're doing well. Yeah. But it's just a matter of the expectations were so high that I'm not sure it would have really taken something incredible to live up to it. I think yeah, only, like Islam Slimani for 24 million from, um, what sporting, sporting, I mean, Zlatan was on the move this summer. Why not him? Yeah, yeah he was <laughs> but, free. Um, you know, no, it would have... I think my only legitimate complaint is I wish this action had been taken care of about three weeks ago instead of just exactly now. Exactly a month ago, I think, you know? If you're, you, you know who you're going to buy in the summer. You don't always know who you're going to sell, but you know you're going to sell some players like Adrissa Gana. You knew he was going. But... You could have got some players in. You could have had the deals lined up. It's a little bit of delay because we're, you know, switching ownership and everything. But this just, this feels a little late. And it could be something that doesn't haunt us at all. Or it could be something that means for the first month we're sort of an uneven club. Yeah, but you know, the <laughs> the first month of the season, though, the window is still open. Yeah, that's true. Um but rather than getting too denigrating about it, because I think some of the moves have been actually pretty smart, let's get into what's happened these past couple of weeks. Yeah, but uh, just one final thought. There are five championship matches before the window closes and an, an additional League Cup fixture, but it's only against Luton Town. So, <laughs> yeah, today, Kieran Clark, not a snake, repeat, not a snake like Fabian Delph, went to Newcastle United for a reported £5 million. And I'm not sure if this is um, 100% correct, but I'm going to source one of our other writers, James Rushton, on this. He said something like 70k a week for Kieran Clark. Good God. <laughs> and I don't know if that's this year, but Kieran Clark was on contract until like 2021, something, some, quite a while. And if Newcastle go up, I'm sure I'll get a pay increase. That's part of the reason for the sale was because Villa went down, he was going to see a decrease in his wages. Yeah. Um, can you blame him? No. 
<laughs> no, and especially if he is getting 70k a week. Good God. That's 40k a week more than you should be paying for Kieran Clark if you were or, insane. Or he's getting paid more than he was getting paid at Villa, and he's going to do the same job. He's, mm-hmm. He has the same goals, get promoted to the premiership, and whatever. He made 160 appearances for Villa. That was one of the three sentences mentioned in the official <laughs> press release, which is hilarious. So bitter. But, I, I, think, you know, I think it's I, worth reading yeah. that press release, just because, I mean... If you link it somewhere, it gives you a little blurb, and the blurb says, Defender Leaves. Defender Leaves. And the press release, in all of its beautiful glory, Kieran Clark has joined Newcastle United on a five-year deal. The Academy graduate center half played 160 times for Villa and scored 10 goals. We wish Kieran all the best for the future. Yep. Thanks, Kieran. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a more terse press release. And I mean, I get it. You don't really want to say that much about it, but good God. There's not a whole lot to be said, mm-hmm. but you would think 50 words, 80 <laughs> words could get the job done. I don't know. Uh, he, scored nope. the, he scored that one goal in the 4-4 against Chelsea. That was great. And that was around the time when he was playing defensive mid, as some big journalists have said on Twitter incorrectly. He hasn't played that lately. Same as left back. I mean, he could play those positions. But anyway, around that time, around four years ago, it was looking like Kieran Clark could be future captain material for Aston Villa, but it didn't pan out. And getting five million for him, you know, free five million, as far as I'm concerned, he wasn't going to start. Yeah, absolutely. Worth Maybe noting, even like, not just, even crack the the top two pairings of center backs. No, I don't think he would have. Uh, that it's press release, by the way, uh, 186 characters. It would have ah. almost fit in a tweet. <laughs> wow. The most terse press release. But yeah, I think you're right. I don't think he was going to see much playing time this year. Um, I mean, because you've got a lot of players ahead of him. You've got Elphick, who we brought in uh, just for that reason. Uh, Nathan Baker came back. Say that again? Nathan Baker came back. Yeah, Nathan Baker is back. Yorosakura is here. either didn't want to force a move or just really, really hated Eric Black and had a fallout with him, but is back in back in the rotation under Roberto Di Matteo, who yeah. I'm still thrilled that we have as a manager. Yeah, absolutely. The, I think the honeymoon is still on, even though we nuked it against Boro in, in typical huh. fashion. Uh, oh, we got to talk about that. I didn't put it in the script, but we'll mention no, that. That's fine. We'll, we'll bring it back. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it's a big loss. The only reason I can see this being a big loss is because for the past, I believe it's four years, Kieran Clark has alternated good year, bad year. And last year was unquestionably a bad year, so I think he was due. Oh, that's very, very advanced analytics performance <laughs> here by uh, 7,500 Robert. Um, you, 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 no, you I, 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 I totally buy into that. And, you know, if we've also, more importantly, I think, maybe, maybe equally importantly, we've also had our fair share of center back injuries. Yeah. So, you know, two injuries, somebody gets a red, and then you're down to the bare bones. But... Right now, and we're going to get to the the full depth chart later when we grade the squad, but at of players that can play in central defense, Micah Richards, Tommy Elphick, Yurisakura, Nathan Baker, Julian Lescott, Kevin Toner, and you could even deputize Carlos Sanchez in that role. You could. I mean, you're really scraping the bottom of the barrel there. I mean, that's almost as bad as playing Julian Lescott. Almost. Almost as bad as tweeting with your butt, but... God. Uh, the thing is, do we sell? Do we sell any more center backs? I mean, Tommy Elphick was purchased basically so we could sell a center back and not maintain uh, or not sustain a loss in quality of depth. Because you know, Villa have, have had some depth, but technically, it's just the the U twenty three team. It's not really depth. Yeah. Um, do we sell any more center backs? I I don't care how bitter this sounds. Sell Lescott. I never want to see him playing for our team again. Yeah, please, please. I just, with all so, of my heart, I, mean, I dislike that. It's sad that we couldn't offload him to China for, like, the biggest bargain in Chinese transfer history of one million pounds. Why couldn't we offload him to the Isle of Wight? Just put him there. <laughs> just leave him there and tell him to enjoy the rest of his life. We'll pay him to stay the hell away. Shit, I would even vote for him as a presidential candidate of the United States at this point. <laughs> no, no, as I long would as not. You didn't, I would. <laughs> God, I, 
I have so much dislike for Julian Lescott. He just gives him some um, stuff to Villa, you know? I don't know. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> since he's such a fan of the team. Oh, my God. Um, all right. So let's go on to a potential player that we could nab at the other end of the pitch, Ross McCormick from Fulham. Bid was accepted today by Fulham. They tweeted it. Yeah, twelve million dollar bid, which seems pounds, like a pounds. Pounds. I mean, the bricks yeah, is bad, but it's not. It's not exactly the same yet. Yeah, thank you. Sorry. Um, it, it was less valuable than twelve million dollars. Uh, twelve million pound bid, um, which seems insane. But I know you were ready to talk about this. I think Alex Carson on the site today made a really good point that if he is what propels Villa to promotion. $12 million for one season is a drop in the barrel compared to what we could be getting next year in the Premier League. Totally, totally. Even 12 to $15 million. You know, we didn't splash on Charlie Austin last year, and I'm still bitter about it because we had all that Benteke money. We were all talking about it, the whole 7500 squad in Slack, the other day discussing, you know, and I, I brought up the point that I think when you get a bunch of money for a player, you got to spend on quality. you got to, you know, you can't buy 10 players for $3 million. You should buy two for 15 each. And that's what that's what nuked Villa in the past. You know, we have some good signings. We had just a Ghana, who we're going to talk next, but he's left, and we're going to lose money on it. But anyway, McCormick, what we're going to sign him on a five-year deal, four-year deal. Mm-hmm. If you amortize that transfer fee over those years, it's only like at the most five million a year, and probably another two on top of that for wages. So, if especially if he gets you up, but if he can score fifteen, twenty goals. You know, do we really think Rudy Justed scoring 15 or 20 goals? No. Although, no. I will tell you that Rudy Justed is the reason I'm weary, or not weary, wary of Russ McCormick, because look what happened the last time we scored. Different type of player, totally different type of player. I know, I know. I just, see, I'm using my advanced analytics today. Good year, bad year, one, one person sample size. You know, one of those, uh, I don't know, one of those cognitive biases that I didn't go to school to remember. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Ross McCormick, he's obviously he's a capable header of the ball, but... He's hes a better player with the ball at his feet than Justet is. He uh, has shown just, he's just absolute adeptness. He's above average at every, in every area. That's what makes absolutely. him good. To be quite frank, I'm a little surprised that one of the you know bottom third Premier League teams did not try to sign him, especially they for 12. Hadn't they before? Hadn't teams before? Like last year, I remember? I don't know. I think they did, but I mean, I don't get if twelve million was the amount. How is there and not a Premier League? And you're team willing there? to bid ten? You know, it's probably a, a case of a team wanting to bid ten, but not twelve, for whatever reason. Yeah, um, I mean, I see that as a move that would be good for a Crystal Palace type team. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, especially if as Palace apparently were interested in Michi for like thirty million, so they couldn't spend ten last year, but now they can just blast thirty on a striker. Okay, it was it was a little bit odd, but um, that's regardless. the market. That's the market. Twelve million, fifteen million. That's nothing in this market. That's kind of the main point of Alex's article that I totally missed bringing it up until now. Yeah, sorry, Alex. <laughs> but, no, go um, go read Alex Carson's article. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a really well-written piece. Um, but yeah, I think McCormick could be a really good help for us. We absolutely needed a new striker. Uh, the fact is the team uh, has... One? One? I think we need multiple new strikers. Probably. But the team has not even looked, even against not great competition, minus that 8-0 first win of the preseason. Uh, yeah, we used all the goals in one match. Yeah, it Good hasn't job. looked powerful. We should be scoring more goals than we are, especially in preseason friendlies. Um, so this is smart. We need another striker or more. I think we also need a lot of help in attacking midfield. And just looking at the depth chart when I was making it, it seems like everyone's a defensive midfielder, but one player that we did just lose again, what, just yesterday, the day before, Adrissa Ganagay, he has gone to Everton. Absolutely. And, he, and he's, certainly, he's certainly a number eight. He's a central midfielder that drives forward all action. Great buy for Everton. Great, great piece of business for them. They'll actually lose half a million on the deal, but still able to recoup a lot of money. And importantly, I mean, he must have been on 50, 40, 50, 60K. Yeah. Um, and I guess... Aaron Tishbola is certainly on, I don't know, 25 to 40% of those wages. Yeah. Uh, the thing that really kind of gets me about the whole Ghana move is um, 
You, you were just talking that we brought this up in Slack the other day, the idea that we didn't really get much for Benteke, and Ghana was good last year. He was one of our better players, and he was absolutely worth what we paid for him. That said, even with him, we plummeted. We were the worst team in the league by far. We could have not had him and done exactly the same thing, and now we've gone and taken a loss on him. That's yeah, yeah. horrible business from Aston Villa, and I don't think it's this ownership team's fault. But that's just some horrible wheeling and dealing and shows just how inept the previous administration was. And that was a a terrible clause. I don't know if it was a manipulative agent that said, oh, you're probably going down. You're going to have to get rid of him, put it in for this. When really, you know, if it was 12 or 15, okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. We didn't we didn't do well, but I think buying buying it just in a gay was the right move as far as if you buy players like him and like Ayu, if you're spending close to ten million a player, that's that's better than than buying the I don't know, the Bakunas or the, the Crespos. It was, and I mean the move in a vacuum was a smart move for Villa to make, but we have the luxury of not being or of being able to judge it in hindsight, and in hindsight we just wasted money. There oh, was yeah, no certainly, reason. Certainly, certainly. And like you said, we weren't going to lose any financial um, benefits received from the Premier League for finishing with one point or with one point less than the 19th place team, you know? Yep. Still the uh, same, still less, still the worst. Even still relegated, it's, it negates the impact. But Yeah, I, and I don't want to, you know downplay the impact they're going to have. He played very well last season. No, no, but you see, I mean, you see his stats also being manipulated in the way that, oh, he had all these defensive actions, whatever. Well, you know, you're going to be defending a lot of time when you play for Villa. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things where I am legitimately sad to see him go because I think he would have been a valuable part of this team. But I'm more angry about it than anything and angry at the learner ownership team. Certainly, certainly. And the, and the people that they empowered to ruin the club financially. Yep, absolutely. Uh, just just an unmitigated disaster, really. So, last bit of business, I guess, Brad Guzan. Almost brushed that under the rug. Like every, Gone every from our team, time. never leaving our hearts. Yeah. Um, apparently, I was listening to Aston Villa Review earlier today, and they said we got actual money for him, but I never heard the fee... You know, I never heard the amount of what the fee was, and I scoured the internet and couldn't find it either. But I think I thought it was a free transfer and whatever because we're saving that money in wages. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even if it was a free transfer, it's a good deal. Um, I don't think Guzan had a future at this club. The fans just vitriolically disliked him. Um, it was just time to move, especially. His weaknesses were ones that were really seriously impacting Villa. And I'm not sure Golini is going to be significantly better, but it's better just to get a new face in, especially if it comes at basically no cost. Exactly. I mean, the money you spent on Golini was the money you saved in not paying Guzan. Yep, absolutely. So, I mean, it's not a perfect one-to-one because we still have to pay Golini's wages, but the financial impact here is pretty negligible, and I think it was a smart move all around. Yeah, and going toward the future, it's a good move. So yep. that's really really all the moves that have happened up to this point in time surely there are going to be more but i think we we covered the previous ones so yeah anyway let's move on to the next topic tony shaw taking on twitter and he's crazy <laughs> i'm i'm really torn on this because as someone who only thinks of this club as a fan and doesn't have to think about possible impacts uh, I absolutely adore what he's doing on Twitter, but as someone who actually cares about this club going forward, it is a little bit worrisome. Yeah, despite the fact that it's great to to kind of hear that and just the novelty of the whole fact, you know, in an American sport, the owner would never be like that on Twitter. I guess the Colts owner was... I was going to say great. Jim Ursay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, DUI guy, but... um, Yeah, it's it's rare. It's certainly rare. It's rare. Especially and for so- someone who who doesn't have a top level knowledge of the la- the English language. Yep. As I stuttered um, to say that, but I mean, it's kind of fun because you can imagine, like, if he had been in charge when Delph left last year, he would have just tweeted a tweet that was nothing but snake emojis. 
and it would have been hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, he keeps saying these things about players and about agents and other teams that, you know, are what we're all thinking, but what you don't say is a businessman. And now when players are looking like at Maybe you would tweet it if you were drunk, maybe. Yeah, and I mean, it's something that we fans might tweet. That's what I mean. That's what maybe we would tweet it if we were drunk, not him. Yeah, but we're, you know, players aren't looking to sign a deal with us. They know they have to work with this owner. (laughs) And if he's as mercurial as he seems to be, that could be something that disincentivizes players wanting to play for us. Some players might actually like that, you know? And I was going to say, on the other hand... If my boss was doing that, that would be amazing in my (laughs) You'd be much happier at your job if your boss were drunk tweeting. Yeah, while he was sober. Yeah, right? Um, <laughs> Crazy, though. He confirmed to us that IU is staying. He sort I know, of, it must be true. I even wrote an article about the tweet. Uh, he sort <laughs> of dragged Ghana through the mud. Um, D now G. Yeah. <laughs> Me boy. and James are speculating. I was like, David now Goliath? Like, what? <laughs> Dolce now Gabbana. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what he's, he's doing too much Milan stuff. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we think that's probably Delph now Ghana. And Certainly. It's. I mean, do you want to sign for that? For a team that's been plummeting for the past few years, now to have an owner that if you screw up, he might rake you across the coals on Twitter. And that's kind of what we thought we would expect from a ruthless businessman. But then again, if you're a player who wants to go to the very top, I think you really could endear yourself to a man like Tony Shaw. Yeah, I think so too. It's a... it's He's just waiting right for now. a hero. A, yeah. lo- a Twitter love child, or you know. <laughs> God. Can you just imagine if Russ McCormick comes and scores 22 goals, what Tony's going to tweet about Russ McCormick every week? That's only a goal every two games. That's totally reasonable. Yeah, absolutely. And he's just going to hold him up as, like, the scion of Birmingham. Yeah, that would be great. So, but hopefully we can add Ross McCormick, like you were saying, because speaking of those strikers, let's grade the squad, starting mm-hmm. with the forwards. And I think in depth chart order, we have Jordan Ayew, Rudy Stead. And then it gets kind of murky. Russian Hepburn Murphy, Gabiak Bonlahor, and Libra Kozak are all around. But um, I don't know. Hepburn Murphy's been playing in some friendlies, but they've also been kind of the youth team friendlies. Yeah. Scored two the other day against Tamworth. Which is nice so to see. Always, uh-huh. always good to score goals. Yeah, I think he's... Here's the thing. If we wanted to rush him, I think he could play this year. But I think a smart team lets him have another year developing before they put him in. And what, waits till he's 19? Yeah, maybe play him in the League Cup. Yeah. Maybe play him in the FA Cup or and something. And then if, if, I mean, if if it calls for it. But then again, is going to sometimes play in the wing, and maybe he'll get some playing time. Maybe Di Matteo will take a liking to him. Yeah. We'll um, see. I mean, I mean, when he played against Sunderland, he was just so small, and without the physical attributes, you're just going to get bowled over in the championship. That's why yeah. Carlos Hill could never even crack it at Villa. He was just too small. Was it in the championship or League One that Jack Relish got that absolutely terrible tackle against him? Yeah, League Two League years. One with Notts County. Yeah, and I mean, you can see that sort of thing, and it's going to be tough for Hepburn Murphy to play with. But, you know, at, that There's said... There's a lot he gain. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but right now, this is not a strike force that really inspires confidence. If Jordan Ayew is your talismanic striker... Uh, you're not doing so well. Yeah, you could do worse, but it's just Justed is a big, big question mark for me. I think he could do brilliantly. He could score 20 goals, especially if we end up keeping Jordan Amavi, because if, if he's just feeding those in, yeah, just pinging in the crosses, Justed, you know. And I mean, that's how Justed got most of his goals uh, two years ago, was off of his head. And we saw some of that Amavi-Justed connection. Uh, last year, before the stupid injury. Yeah. Um, but right now, without any additions, I think I would give this strike force maybe a C minus. Yeah, yeah, I think a C. I think a C because I think there's a lot of upside for just Ted, but after that, it's just really weak. Sure. But if you we had McCormick, Bon Lahore is still on your depth chart. He's still suspended technically. I don't really know the. Is he? 
according to Transfer Market, yeah, but no, no, um, I, I don't know. I new man, new management just... under new management. So, all right, let's let's go down the pitch to the midfield. And what I have listed, what it looks like is that we just have a lot of defensive midfielders, but not a lot of really attacking mids. I guess we do. Uh, some of them kind of can play more central men, more of the number eight than a number six, but. Yeah, we I mean, have, some, of, some of the sort of attacking folks we have are, you know, Gary Gardner. Um, he's more of a central mid rather than yeah, defensive yeah, or attacking. Just a box-to-box. Um, Jack Relish, of course, Scott Sinclair. Um, you know, they have their attacking moments. Veritu can, can get forward, I guess. I don't know what to think of him. But he's not someone like Adama or a Sinclair or a Grealish, a player deployed exclusively yeah. for their attacking talent. If they contribute anything defensively, it's a plus. Exactly. Remember Adama? Um, I do. He but, was that guy yeah. that blurred past us. <laughs> but it's Ashley Westwood, Aaron Tishbola, Gary Gardner, Carlos Sanchez, who could be leaving. Fiorentino mm-hmm. apparently were bidding. OM were bidding. Uh, Jordan Lydon. Jordan Vertu, who also I thought was was kind of leaving, but nothing's haven't been hearing anything on that front lately. And then, yeah, I thought he was gone. To see him still, I mean, you know, from what we saw, he hasn't I really he been was playing out. in any friendlies or anything either. No, so which would really lead you to believe he's Gonzo. But man, I feel bad for him. He could have been a Lester. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then there's the the three more attacking players, and those are Grealish, Jack Grealish, Scott Sinclair, and Dama Traore, yeah, stills injured. I mean, because why wouldn't uh, he? He's going to be our new Lever Kozak. This isn't exactly a midfield that inspires confidence either. No, it really partially isn't. due to that. You know, our midfield always seems injured. With I think with Petrov in there, at least you kind of would maybe a little bit know. Yeah, but there was so many question marks about Petrov and so many rumors yeah. swirling on Twitter about his health. Um, yeah. That, you know, I think that might have been another injury issue there, uh, which sounds very coarse and blunt, and that's certainly not the first thing to think of with Stan. Yeah, it's but, just sad. Um, I don't know. I'm really, I think, out of that entire set, the person I'm most excited to see is Gary Gardner. Yeah, I would have, I would have to agree, although I think Grealish is going to have a big season. Actually, yeah, I said that. I think I named Gardner in our preseason roundtable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see what he can provide for us. He looked decent in the friendly. Yeah, and uh, he's looked really decent for Nottingham Forest lately. Yeah, absolutely. Where he was playing with good old Eric Lehigh. Yeah. <laughs> God, wow. could we bring Eric Lehigh back? We could use a right back because I th- I mean I think I have to rate our midfield a C minus. I we, we really need to add an attacking player. See, the funny thing is, I was much more down on the attack than you were. I would say this is probably like a C-plus midfield. Oh, okay. No. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm being picky here, but... I just don't trust anyone in it. No, that's fair. Westwood, I, I... Westwood, I think, is pretty reliable, but he needs someone a little more dynamic next to him, but... I'm really excited <laughs> to see him today on the... Twitter was Delph. Delph back on loan. Or imagine, God. I don't know, imagine getting Delph back on loan. No. <laughs> Give me Benteke back instead. Oh, yeah. I think we get him back next year after he has another bad year if we go up. But getting... Oh, just... oh, so, yeah. on to our defense now. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> at, at, at right back, like we were saying, we could love, would love to have a new right back because it's Alan Hutton and Leandro Bakuna, the two of the fan favorites there. So... We said this in our internal chat room the other day. It would be nice to have Matt Lowton back, but the name I just brought up, I would take either Eric Lehigh or Matt Lowton at that position. As long as we could sell one of the other ones. Yeah. Both both of them. I'd take them both and sell both those guys. Yeah. The the right back position is a disaster right now. I don't know how we haven't bought someone. I would like to see Micah Richards tried there again. I, I'm so scarred from the Micah Richards experiment last year that I don't really want to see him. But logically speaking, yeah, I would like to see him try there, too. If it too. was FIFA, I would put him at right back. That's 
That's what I have to say about if that. If I were playing football manager, I would do the same. Yeah. So, at center back, though, it's Micah Richards, Tommy Elphick, Yurisakura, Nathan Baker, Julian Lescott, and Kevin Toner. So, it's there's no want for depth there. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a good squad. I'm really excited to see Nathan Baker back. I don't know why, but I always really liked Nathan Baker. Yeah, I think he could end up starting for us every game by the end of the season if he doesn't get hit in the head too much. Him and Elphick? Yeah, him and Elphick. I really think Baker and Akora, though. Yeah. Uh, I I could see either of those. I could, I could see Di Matteo eventually moving to a three at the back just because Amavi, and then it's better for Bakuna, honestly. Be further, <laughs> Amavi, away, then, further away from his own goal. I really love how that sentence just trailed off because <laughs> you named the left back, and then you were like, oh, yeah, shit, we don't have a right back. If you could stick Joe Bennett on the right, maybe. I don't know about his right foot, though. Yeah. Um, but you're right, at left back, it's not too terrible. Jordan Amavi, Joe Bennett, and Ali Sissoko. If we end up keeping Amavi, though, that really will be pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, I thought one of the really interesting takeaways from the friendly over the weekend was the fact that Ali Sissoko was putting in some really good balls. Like, he was actually doing offensive work. (laughs) I don't believe you. No, he was, and here was the problem, though. Every time he put a good ball in the box, there wasn't a Villa player to be seen around it. So was it really a good ball? Yeah, if he's a good whipping... ball comes into the box and there's no player there to meet it... Was oh, it... it's a good ball. I mean, because he's whipping them across the face of goal. If you get a striker up there, they were sure things. Okay, I, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> I I know, but I, I think we got to give credit. If Sissoko could do just that... He would be adequate this year. He would be exactly what we need. Certainly. Um, but he has two players in front of him, so it doesn't even matter. Uh, um, yeah, I know. I was actually kind of surprised to see him uh, starting that match. Yeah. I mean, it was It's just just a friendly. But yeah. all things considered, I think we... I, I think I'm going to grade that a B+. Plus. Yeah, seems like the I, strongest area of the team currently. I'll say, yeah, it's definitely the strongest area, although I don't know how confident I am in that, because last year it was maybe the weakest spot on that team. Yeah, I think the, the center backs will will be able to to really make up for whatever damage gets done on the right. And yeah, Amavi or Bennett or Sissoko is perfectly capable on the left. Yeah, the question to me for this unit is, can they cut down on the needless mistakes, because that's what killed them last year. It I think that's a coaching so, issue. It could be. It very just well could be. But just pumped it into the stands. I mean, it was a coaching issue across two coaches, so... Uncoachable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Thanks, Julian Lescott. Um, but yeah, I, I'll, I'll buy a B-plus if they can cut down on those mistakes. Otherwise, I think they could be in B-minus, C-plus territory. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. And the team really could fluctuate a lot, and especially a goalkeeper. Oh God! I don't. Oh. I don't really know what to expect here at all. No, I mean, I nor do I. With, I know what we have with Mark Bunn. I think he's a middle of the pack to lower, lower th- half or third of the championship keepers. I don't. I don't really know. I don't know. I thought he was like lower third Premier League keeper. I thought he fit that quality level. I. I don't think so. No. He's definitely not in the top third of championship keepers. <laughs> this, is, this is one of the odder discussions. We're parsing this so finely. but I, um, I don't think he's that good. No, I, I think that's fair. He's not great. And then we have Jed Steer, who Jed you Steer, may have forgotten about. If I'd prefer to never see him play if I had to choose. Why? <laughs> Why would we need to see him in the first team? If he's in the first team, there's there's probably problems. No no offense to him, but... I think I'd rather, at least at the beginning of the season, if we don't get Golini, I think I'd rather see Steer than Bunn. Huh. Mostly More because I know what to expect from Bunn. I don't know what to expect from Steer. That's fair. There's remember plenty how, of games. We can try him out. Yeah, I'll, remember I'll how much it. promise Steer came in with? He was knocking at the door of the England team. He, you know, he was a player that looked like he had some potential... He spent a year away from us last year. I really have no idea what to expect from him. And it could be disastrous, but I know exactly what to expect from Bond, and it's not great, so give me a chance to at least see Steer. That's a good point. 
Okay. So uh, I think C. I think after C yeah, for goalkeeper. Yeah, C. Sorry, before because I cut away from that, I think a C. So I think we're going to jump to Twitter questions here. All right. And let's see. Here's one player you most realistically think you should sign. This is from Will at WGB eleven eighty six. And certainly it's McCormick. Yeah. Um at this point I yeah, it has to be him, right? Uh, yeah, only player. And then I, a winger, but I, don't, I honestly don't know who, so. Who would you pick? Zaha. Well, <laughs> not that realistic. No, no that uh, sounds Jay, perfect. Who, who were we going to get from Palace? Uh, Mile Jedinak? I think so, yeah. That would be fine. That would be, be a good midfielder, alone another non-attacking midfielder, but. Yeah. Could use an attacking mid. Spend yeah, that would be nice. Attacking mid, Tony. Come on, get on it. <laughs> um, and we got two similar ones from Dean AVFC and Alex James at Villefan28. Um, Dean's was why have AVFC official not purchased a right back? And, you know, that would have been one of the first orders of business if, if I was there. <laughs> I do. Um... And I totally get what this was, but I kind of loved the tone of that question as if he was actually asking Aston Villa yeah, <laughs> instead yeah, of asking yeah. two guys with a podcast. <laughs> like, um, and I'm not making fun of it because it's a good question. Why haven't we? It's actually probably the best You know, with Tony, you never have. know. You never know what tweet he's going to reply to. He, <laughs> takes, he takes them from eggs. He takes them from eggs as much as anyone. So It's true. So... Um, I don't know why they haven't though, because like we made pretty clear, that's the biggest need right now. Um, maybe even more besides, besides, yeah, attacking, attacking player with quality. I don't know. I think I would take a right back over a striker. Well, Um, that's, that's a good reply to Alex James's question because he said, what positions should we strengthen in and what players should we sign for those positions? So we know striker McCormack attacking mid, um, cancel the Carlos Hill loan. I don't know. Um, I'm stealing a little bit from your, uh, uh, your notes to come a little bit in the show here. But the reason I think I would take a right back is, you know, you take a look at Burrow last year, came in second, 63 goals scored is not very many, uh, least of any in the top six, but they conceded only 31 and that kind of defense puts you on great footing. And right now that right back hole is such a gaping hole in our defense yeah, that's what's going to get you over the edge. It's not three extra goals. It's going to be conceding three fewer goals. It's always it's just a principle of the game of football. Zero is greater than one. A goal not conceded is worth more than a goal scored anytime, always. Right. And I Fact. mean, yeah, the obvious need for a striker is there, and for an attacking mid is there. So I don't want to make it sound like, oh, we don't really need that. But I think the absolute biggest need is at right back right now. No, it's just slightly greater, yeah. I agree. Strengthen them both. And then Dean said, what's the best formation for Villa this season? And <laughs> Surrender I don't know. You could chuck it in a 4-4-2. Yeah, maybe. If we, had a, we don't have a right mid. If Adama came back and you could play Grealish and Adama wide, and then you could go in central midfield with Westwood and Gardner, Tishbola and Gardner, I don't know. And so then, like a 4 2 2 with the... Yeah, yeah, basically just wide wingers. Yeah. Um, so a four four two with advanced wingers or something. Just yeah. like what Villa played in 09. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I'd be okay with that. I think that would work. Um, I know every year I feel like you and I say try three at the back. And I don't know, I'm still three, just five, intrigued. 3-5-2 two, two could work because we have the wing backs, we have the two defensive mids, and then we have we only really have one attacking mid available to play that, play the 10, that could be Grealish. And then if we have two strikers, if McCormick comes in, I think that's a really attractive option. Yeah, I agree. Um, but it's then again, it's Villa trying to play three at the back. So Yeah, and it's not going to happen. So, I mean, as much as you and I might say, hey, that doesn't sound terrible, uh, let's be honest, it's not happening. So move yeah, not on. Yet. Not yet. I think it's going to happen yeah. at some point. Um, yeah, so let's move on to Sheffield Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And they're 42-pound tickets. Yeah. Uh, which, dear God, 42 pounds to go see a championship team. Yeah. That's... 20 is plenty, once, once you're already Once you're already going 
to travel there. Yeah, it's it's pretty absurd. Um, God, and you know Villa fans are going to, you know, they've already bought them out, I'm pretty sure. And oh, yeah, they're going to be louder than the Sheffield they'll Wednesday buy every, fans. They'll buy everyone out, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's just so freaking exploitative. Um, it is. The The fans really are helpless to, what are you going to do, not not go? I mean, that's a 56 U.S. dollar ticket, which, dear God, that, that has fallen a lot. It's a $56 ticket. It would have been like 70 last year. Yeah, imagine buying a $56 ticket at a baseball game. You're going to get third baseline. Good, easily. Yeah, you're going to get a great seat for 56 bucks, and this is just your run-of-the-mill away section to a championship team. Yeah. That's, that's absurd, and it's garbage, and... Yeah, I don't think you could buy a ticket for that price in minor league baseball if it wasn't in in the box. Yeah, I, I think you actually get a share of the team in minor league baseball. Yeah, you probably do. Fifty-six dollars. Um, but yeah, it's absurd, and it really points to the need for something to be done about this. Yeah. Um, as we say, comfortably sitting across the ocean, not paying for it. Yeah, I mean, it's not like you can go, but. But I mean, yeah, the thing is, if I were in England this weekend... That's like a couple beers, you know? If, if you were going to go anyway and pay 1500 bucks, then it's yeah. a couple beers you can't buy. If I had the chance, I mean, there's no way I'm saying no, and I'm going to pay those no. 42 that's, pounds. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what we mean, is that you're kind of helpless to pay. Yeah. I mean, if you're the kind of fan that wants to go, you're going to go, and you're going to get raked over the coals, which is BS. Yeah. But... I guess yeah. that's what you have to do when you know you're never going to make it to the Premier League. <laughs> As the Owls lost the championship playoff final last year to Hull Tigers 1-0. They were the only the sixth-place finishers in the division. Hull finished fourth. But Sheffield Wednesday had uh, 79, or excuse me, 74 points. Mm-hmm. And Brighton, who lost out on goal difference for automatic promotion to Middlesbrough by two goals... Um, they had 89 points, so Sheffield a full five wins fewer than the third place team. So kind of mm-hmm. kind of edged into the playoff. There were five points out of the team below them, but you know, still it, it wasn't like they were all the way up there with Hull, who had 83. Mm-hmm. I just yeah, I I'm intrigued to see what they have to bring, and they you know they had a good run of it last year. I'm trying to do some math here. I'm sorry. Um, divided by 38. And what did we say they had? There's how many 44, points? There's 44 games. No, but how many points did they have last oh, year? Sheffield Wednesday did 74. 74, there we go. Uh, sorry. So as, as, Robert, as Robert calculates that, but... It would have taken last year's Aston Villa team 165 matches to get to 74 points. Five matches more than Kieran Clark played in his entire <laughs> Villa career. <laughs> I... I just, I mean, I don't know why that suddenly struck me as something worth knowing, but dear God. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> there, there I totally be, derailed us for there that. Should be some, there should be some more points this season, this time around. But, yeah, like, like Ellis wrote, we could lose, and it's because Wednesday are a decent team. And it's an away and, match. Yeah, of course. And a couple. we'll just give you a couple players to watch. Couple strikers you may have heard of Gary Hooper and Stephen Fletcher both at Sheffield Wednesday. Gary Hooper moving when he moved most recently from Norwich and Stephen Fletcher back in England. He was loaned to Olympique Marseille last year. Hilariously. Yeah. And then they've got this short lad that we actually might give a darn about. Yeah, Barry Bannon. If you if you saw Ellis's article, he was in the picture. <laughs> and that caused some Twitter kerfuffle. But yeah, uh yeah, Barry Bannon is back. We get to see him once again. Uh, lucky, happy start. Kirsten. Yeah, he uh, should start. And I was going to say, we'll get to see him so long as no one stands in front of him. True. But yeah, what about Villa? Really okay, how about this? Um, I know you didn't have this on your outline, and I'm sorry to throw you a curveball, but instead of players to watch for Villa, how do you think we line up? Golini starts in goal. And he then has to. And Hutton. then I think it's going to be Hutton and. I think Baker. Then Richards and, and Alphick. I think it'll be Richards and Alphick. I'm going to say Baker and Alphick since Baker state scored state last choice. weekend. That's true. Um, and obviously, Amavi. 
Except I'm not sure because he hasn't had a ton of time. It might get, you know, Sissoko might get the nod. Mm. And Amavi gets called on as a sub. I think, you know, Amavi is obviously the long-term plan. What about free kick wizard Joe Bennett? <laughs> is, is a free kick wizard anything like a pinball wizard? He smashed two of them in against that sixth division Austrian team. <laughs> um, um, so then in the midfield, what do we think? That's where I'm really wondering. Gary Gardner gets a start, I think. I think it's a 4-3-3 with... Because you're going to have Ayu and Grealish interchanging on the wings, I think, mm-hmm. behind Rudy Justed. And it, yeah, and then you're going to get Gary Gardner, Ashley Westwood, and Aaron Tishbola. Yeah, I think that sounds about right to me. Um, I'm actually kind of curious as to how close we end up being on this. Yeah, um, I mean, that's. I guess I've just given away what my formation is going to be in the tactical preview on Friday on the site. Oh yeah, big big surprise. <laughs> um, yeah, I think at least for me in this first match, the player to watch is uh, Pierluigi Golini. Yeah, I think so as well. Those are those two strikers I brought up for Wednesday, Hooper and Fletcher. They're both experienced players and proven goal scorers, so he'll, he'll really be up against it. Yeah, how does but, how does he respond? Because the response was not great in the second half last weekend against Borough. No, no, it wasn't, and we we didn't really talk about that, but Villa were up at half, Baker scored, and then three goals within 20 minutes, it was the old Villa again. That's yeah. that's all you need to know if you didn't see it. It, it. it it was like having PTSD. You suddenly felt like you were back watching the 2015-16 season. Yeah, exactly, it was awful. Um, we, could, we could just not do that again, that'd be good. But yeah, so I'm really excited to see what Golini has to offer for us. Yeah. Um... Although, you know, if we follow form, Rudy Shested will score and we'll win 1-0 away on the opening day of the season. <laughs> That's fine, as long as we can do it a little differently the rest of the way. <laughs> uh, so, what, What's your prediction on this one? Or are we, are we avoiding those altogether this I'm gonna year? Say, that, I'm going to say 2-2. Two, two. All right. I was going to say Villa lose 2-3. Okay. Mm-hmm. So bet the, bet the under, bet the under, guys. Yeah, I think I would take the under, despite the fact that my 2-3 <laughs> probably is the over. Oh, certainly. That's that's why it won't <laughs> won't happen. Um, yeah. So we we were gonna do league predictions, but I don't know if I really can. We've already ran you for almost fifty minutes. I don't know if I really can try to think about at where every team in the league is gonna finish. But where we did Villa make finish? some predict. We did make some predictions. I think Villa finished fourth. And I think lose sixth. the playoff final. I think they lose the playoff final. I think sixth, and they win the playoff final. Oh, that's pretty optimistic. <laughs> says the guy picking us to finish fourth. Yeah, but to eventually lose, you know, it's going to be the opposite of whole, whole Sheffield last year. But, um, yeah, I think I think you got to just hover around that, that top six. And, you know, we could tank at the end and finish eighth despite it having had a decent season, or we could play a pretty bad season, be in tenth, and creep into six like that, just get hot at the right time and sweep the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, I think it is worth noting that for the first time you in years... You could finish 16th also. Mm-hmm. You could finish 16th also. Oh, God, yes. Uh, for the first time in years, before the season begins, Aston Villa aren't in second place thanks to stupid Arsenal. Aston Villa begin the year in the first place on the championship table. Well, it can only get worse from here. That's the optimism that's going to make the whole cast a must listen this then, year. Then again, what if Villa just wired a wired it and never <laughs> left the top of the table? That would be incredible. Although, technically... That would we, almost have been worth getting relegated for. <laughs> Aston Villa end up with 90-some-odd points. Oh, you wouldn't need him. Yeah, oh yeah, you would, yeah. 90-some-odd points. I you were saying if, if you would have won every game, I was like, oh, wait. Yeah, no, no. 90-some-odd points, Rudy's just dead. Uh, scores 27, Ross McCormick chips in 17, Gabby Bonlahor with a surprising four. <laughs> with a surprising $4 million transfer fee to, <laughs> be, to being retired. God. Um, I don't know. All of, all of the potential negativity, all of the potential downside here aside, the one thing that never ceases to amaze me is we're on the verge of another season, and I am as excited as ever. And I actually had this stupid, optimistic hope that Aston Villa could do something good. 
I do a bit as well, but it's mostly because of the new ownership. You know, last year we had some good players coming in, it looked like, but obviously that (laughs) went to hell in a handbasket pretty quickly. So at least, you know, there's no way we win the first game and don't win again until almost New Year's. (laughs) Why did you say that? It's just not possible. No, I think you're right. Um, I sure hope so. If nothing else, we've got to get those wins against Birmingham. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it'll be fun. Yep. So, I don't know. I'm excited, and I'm excited for another season of the Holt cast. I think this will be a good one. I know. Yeah, episode 100 coming out, though. That's going to be fun. So 100 episodes. We've put up with each wow. other for 100 episodes, and y'all have put up with us for 100 episodes. Yeah, that's the more incredible thing. But <laughs> And we've all put up with Villa for that long. Jeez. Oh, God. Um... <laughs> But yeah, so I think that's that's all we got for today. Thanks for listening. Got a couple of announcements. Um, we are looking for contributors for the site, so you can check out the post referencing that or, yeah, what, email Robert? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, so the post has a Google form where you'll put in your email and all that jazz. Um, so yeah, just check it out. Right now it's currently pinned on the first spot on the page, but I expect for the next week at least it'll be in the top five. So it'll be somewhere in that cover for you to find. Yeah, we have some actual games coming up, so might have to move it a bit, but yeah. And yeah, we, we did have an episode of the whole cast just a couple of days ago. It was my interview with Simon Leach, the chairman of the Chicago AVFC Lions supporters group, talking about the North American Villains meetup that's next month here in Chicago. So make sure to check that out if you haven't done so already. And yeah, anything else to add, Robert? I think that's it. Oh, what? What? We got to announce the time of the game. It's Sunday. It's going to be Sunday. Oh yeah, Sunday uh, at five thirty local. Yeah, something like that. I was going to say just before I have to go to work. Yeah, I think it's eleven thirty central and then twelve thirty for you, I guess. But yeah, we'll be away at Sheffield Wednesday. Obviously, both teams with no points. We already did the preview, so I think that's all we got for you. Going to send you off. Remember, you can always check seventy five hundred to hold dot com for the latest. Aston Villa News, follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. Check everything out over there. Keep listening to us wherever you've been doing that. So for Robert Lintot, I'm Jack Grimsey, and we'll see you next time on the Holtcast.